0: Episode 183 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. We hope it's useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite comment-friendly, non-sectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Who Do the Passionate Communards Work For? From Anarchia.info by Gustavo Rodriguez, translated by Anarchist News. This author continues to be an on-point and interesting voice on current events and historical precedents. Here he talks about Rimbaud's reflections on the replication of social constructs even in times of rupture. Useful information for many and reminders for the rest. Quote, What do contemporary revolts produce? Who do the passionate communards of our day work for? These are probably the initial generating questions that help us formulate new questions and list doubts, fears, reflections, and proposals, untangling the black threads of our historicity. In this way, and only in this way, we will be able to weave the new plot and the warp of the coming struggles. That black fabric will take on the polymorphic body that we will grant it without following old patterns. We will no longer have to continue mending that archaic cloth that was made a century and a half ago on the spinning wheel and loom that fabric had its own time. The new anarchic plots can only come about in a disruptive way, from an ethos that reaffirms the necessary destruction of work and the power of liberating fire. To continue in the repetition and the current stagnation could refer us to the historical regression, the imposition of global fascism, brown and or red. Unquote. Yay for using the word fascism in a way that makes sense. Are you listening, Alexander?
1: Expropriation and attack from the Magpie Project at magpie.noblogs.org. This project is about encouraging people to take things and break things. There is a mini communique about an ATM attacked in solidarity with a list of prisoners and a little video showing someone attacking an ATM and showing off their haul, presumably shoplifted, but who really knows, right? It's online, so grains of salt, folks. Complicity is listed in between solidarity and attack, which was confusing. Also, this thread has a funny series of comments on peeing on ATMs and the possible risks and benefits thereof. Fun! The one
0: spectacle that continues despite viruses and lockdowns, from lalim.noblogs.org. A funny and bitter reminder that a conspiracy trial continues in Belgium with state forces compared to repeat magic performances, conjuring cause and effect out of emptiness and lies. Quote, since it concerns an appeal case, there will be no original content, alas! But be prepared for the rerun of unbelievable acts by the magician and prosecutor Melanini. Watch as he just needs to add one more person to another to create the illusion of an organization, while putting one accusation he just came up with on the table to suddenly find yourself faced with a criminal organization. His previous act where he would demonstrate the existence of a terrorist organization got canceled after even the managers of the venue thought of it as too far-fetched. Unquote. The idea that we respond to the tediously predictable tragedies around us, with creativity and humor, however morbid, works for me. I'm sure that doesn't surprise anyone.
1: Mathematical Anarchism Chatroom from mathematicalanarchism.wordpress.com Announcing a new chatroom from this person. Quote, Well, I am Evo. I've done a master in mathematics, after which I did an interdisciplinary PhD. In short, in my thesis, I investigate anarchist ideas in a mathematical and abstract way. Mm. Hence the title of my thesis: Self-Organization versus Hierarchical Organization: A Mathematical Investigation of the Anarchist Philosophy of Social Organization. <sighs> the thesis answers three main questions: What are, on the one hand, authority and hierarchy, and on the other hand, what are freedom and autonomy? How does hierarchy evolve in social systems, and how can we shift from hierarchical control to a more free social organization? More free. If you want to know more, check out the whole thesis and abstract. A summary and highlight of specific topics will be found on this site in the future. As such, I am affiliated with the Center, Leo Apostel, the Evolution, Complexity, and Cognition Group, and the Global Brain Institute." The Global Brain Institute, people? Well I don't know what to say. Maybe someone who doesn't find this as off-putting as I do will check it out and come back and translate for us. Am I being distracted by aesthetics? Aren't aesthetics important?
0: Camps are for burning from Act for Freedom Now, a poster from Greece. A brief, though not a guess for the text on a poster, statement of support for the refugees and arsonists of Moria camp. Quote, inhabitants of the Moria refugee hell on the island of Lesbos recently gave the most honest and firm response to the war that is waged against them by the European states. Arson within the camp caused two nights of fires, finally leading to the camp's total destruction. Faced with prison conditions, some chose for a direct and non-negotiated attack. In Moria, a completely unbearable situation was for all these years imposed as normality by those in power. Intimidation was part of its management. Administrative blackmail was part of its management. Beatings were part of its management. Humiliation was part of its management. Starvation was part of its management. The refugee camp of Moria continuously showed us the uncovered face of the system that we are all living in. Unquote. Speaking of wall murals, right?
1: Vetriola number five is out, special mural edition from malacoda.noblogs.org, translated from the Italian by Act for Freedom Now. I've never heard of this periodical before, I think, but it sounds good so far. Quote, Issue 5 of the anarchist paper Vetriolo is coming out in a new mural, online, and paper edition. Our decision doesn't mean a permanent editorial change in respect to the usual long, critical, topical, and theoretical analyses vetriola will probably go back to its usual format. The choice of a mural edition was made during the months of mass imprisonment imposed by the state with the pretext of the coronavirus emergency. In recent months, we have felt the need for a form of communication that could break the distancing that the authorities want to put between us all. We felt the desire to see our and your scream against repression hung on the walls of our cities, all the more so at an important time for the whole of anarchism, in our opinion, represented by the Scripta Manent appeal trial and the endless investigations that prosecutors continue to rig against the anarchist movement all over Italy. A mural edition also wants to be an instrument, like the ancient gesture of putting up a poster, in the hands of the rebels who want to escape future authoritarian scenarios. In anticipation, we are presenting our article on the Scripta Manent trial, a contribution in view of the next weekend of mobilizations, unquote. I really want to know what they mean by a mural edition. Is it flyers? Posters? Is it actually painted on walls in multiple areas? Perhaps these pokes to our curiosity are better even than knowing what they actually did.
0: Water, Freedom, and Anarchic Mythologies from anarchy secession by Mermaid. Originally printed in the anarcho surrealist zine The Oyster Catcher, this piece now appears on the Anarchy Secession Subsistence blog run by Seaweed. Something of a free form poem come essay. The author touches on looking backwards rather than stumbling always into the future, the poison of a digitally mediated life, and the potential connections between anarchy, water, and land. Quote, what is the basic unit of anarchy? For some, it's the rational citizen of the municipality, happily skipping between neighborhood assembly meetings, community garden, and democratic workplace. For others, it is the free, ungovernable individual, ecstatically dancing between passions and friendships and carelessness. For the ancients, it is roaming the natural landscape, running between campsites and water sources, following the elk and singing to the spirits. For the futurists, it's transhumanists on a trip to an enclosed biocommune on Mars where robots build gadgets and grow protein in labs. None of this matters anyway, because when anarchy comes, when real, unstoppable, chaotic joy and passion in the streets overcomes normalcy, it won't be stopping and asking any of us for directions. In the meantime, take control of your life, sit in a tree, Climb to a mountaintop and gaze out at possibility. Build a boat with friends and go get high on the seas. Unquote.
1: Preparing for electoral unrest and a right-wing power grab. From It's Going Down, mostly by Peter Gelderloos. An introduction from IGD frames the title article in the Lose Lose of Every Election. Then Peter, one of the more strategic of current anarchist thinkers and writers, along with Tom Nomad, discusses likely post-election scenarios. Quote, What follows is a brief approximation of the strength of the different sectors that will be on the other side of the barricades and the direction they will try to pull in. I will try to use an evidence-based approach that assumes grand social machinations leave a footprint, in contrast to conspiracy theory thinking, that assumes the motivations and conniving of important sectors of society can be entirely hidden from you." Categories include the military, police, homeland security, customs and border control, Capitalists, only laughing a little bit at the simplicity of that category, Fascists, Militias, and the like, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and international governments. While I disagree with a whole raft of things here, it is absolutely worth reading and appreciating the work that some authors do to consider possible scenarios, and we could all stand to do that work for ourselves and each other more than we do. So, thumbs up on reading this for yourself and thinking through where you disagree, agree, and why? There's some decent commentary on this thread, too.
0: Anarchists attack police in Mexico City from abolition media worldwide, announcing some violence against the police. Quote, anarchists attacked the police with sticks, stones, and Molotov cocktails in Mexico City during a protest to commemorate the Tlatelolco massacre of October 2nd, 1968. To commemorate 52 years since the massacre, the Committee of 68 made up of survivors decided not to call the annual march due to the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Instead, they decided to hold a rally in the Plaza de las Tres Culturas, where activities began at 10 a.m. and a rally was scheduled for 4 p.m. Anarchist militants also used firecrackers and baseball bats to fight the police at the demonstration, unquote. Courage.
1: Anarchist prisoners announce food strike in Italy from Il Rovesio via abolition media worldwide. Resisting the multiple instances of the state attacking not just people accused of anti-state behavior, but also the people supporting those people, Italian anarchist prisoners announce a hunger strike. Quote: For all these reasons, we anarchists of the AS2 section of Turni communicate that we will start a strike of the prison's food for two weeks from October 19th to November 1st to express solidarity to the anarchist Pepe punitively imprisoned in the protective custody section of the prison of Pavia demanding his transfer into the anarchist David Delogu imprisoned in the prison of Caulte Giron, and placed under the article 14 bis for his attitude hostile to the domestication of the prison demanding that he be removed from solitary confinement and the revocation of the vexatious detention regime to which he has been subjected to for a long time, unquote. Best of luck to all concerned. Write an anarchist prisoner today. Bringing the Black
0: Flag to the Philippines from The Commoner posted on bandolangitim.noblogs.com. An interview of the fairly new group Vandalangitim by the not especially inspiring folks at The Commoner that asks the predictable questions of anarchist groups but is somewhat more entertaining because each question is answered by four different people with pretty different voices. Quote, question, is there anything else you'd like to add that we have not covered? Answer.
1: Booting Town, I believe that's everything. Thank you for taking the time to hear our story, and I hope you and yours stay safe. Malaganu, that's all for me as well. Power to all of you. Thank you. Magsillen, on our name, the name Bandelang Itam harkens back to a long anarchist tradition of naming organizations after the Black Flag, Bandalang Itim means Black Flag in Tagalog. There have been countless organizations named Black Flag in all kinds of languages, and until now there was not yet one in Tagalog, so it was a perfect name for our little project. Another reason I suggested Bandalang Itim as the name was to give a little homage to the student uprising several decades back in an event now infamously known as the Diliman Commune. The chief publication of the Diliman Commune was Bandelang Pula, or Red Flag, not only does it harken back to the anarchist tradition of naming organizations' black flag, but it also harkens back to radical youth during the days of the dictatorship.
0: Pon-can? Best to be without adjectives. Unquote. Long live punk-ken! or is Or is that just me?
1: Solidarity with Dimitrakis, Sakas, and Sirianu from Act for Freedom Now. In the ATM theme that we apparently have going this week, some Greek anarchists were arrested for attempting to expropriate an ATM supply service. This is a brief and badly translated announcement and call for solidarity.
0: Interview with an anarchist about Belarus protests from greenanticapitalist.org. The tagline of this site is climate struggle is class struggle. So you've been warned. This interview with an anarchist in Belarus is not terrible. The questions do stay pretty focused on questions of anarchist practice, though there is also the prevailing tendency to equate anarchists and anti-fascists, nicely rejected by the interviewee. Quote, question, what role are anarchists and anti-fascists taking in the protests? What are their main objectives when intervening in the protests? How are they seen by the rest of the protesters? Answer, anarchists are on the streets. However, anarchists rarely mark themselves specifically as anarchists to avoid being busted or worse. Therefore, the general public has little idea that anarchists are present. Anarchists come to demonstrations with banners and posters and spread leaflets to pursue anarchists' agenda. For example, anti-police, feminist, and anti-nuclear. Tactics of protesters in Belarus are hardly influenced by other uprisings. Belarusians are very provincial. Participants of the protests rarely have an idea that e- even in Hong Kong, anything happens at all, not to speak about Chile. So far, the protests are largely peaceful. But when police attack protesters, sometimes protesters fight back and, for example, do not let them bust fellow protesters. In early August, there were several occasions of symbolic improvised barricades made from garbage bins and construction fences, unquote.
1: Banner drop action by Malaysian comrades from Bandelang Itam. This is nothing about anarchists, but about the spread of COVID-19 in Malaysia because of politicians doing events without social distancing or masks, apparently, and the resultant spread. There are many pictures of different banners dropped in public places, but no translation of any of the banners.
0: Two excavators torched Defend Liebig 34 from Indie Media Germany, translated by Defend Liebig 34. Liebig 34 is an anarcho-queer feminist project that is planned for eviction. Part of the ongoing justification in Kreuzberg and elsewhere. Quote, we have no hope on the political theater of parliaments. Politics puts its protective hand over capital and sends its willing henchmen to beat us out of our homes if the law so wishes. There can be no dialogue because the rulers have long since made it clear where they stand. Innumerable occupations of the last years have been mercilessly cleared away. Tenants are thrown onto the street in the middle of a pandemic while at the same time there is talk of consideration There is actually no more dishonest way of doing things." More fire is promised and will be needed.
1: The Internet Was Always Anarchist! Of course from C4SS. Who else? By the Tech Learning Collective. The whole title is, The Internet Was Always Anarchist, so anarchists must learn to be responsible for operating it. The TLDR is that the internet is anarchist because it doesn't have a master, and anarchists should run it because anarchists should be into infrastructure. Also, hierarchy isn't necessarily antithetical to anarchy, and it costs too much to radicalize technologists, but is quite reasonable to educate anarchists in technology. Are you not convinced? Not sure that this is really trying to convince anyone. There is no backup for the relevant assertions, but maybe some people are convinced by simple assertions. Those people probably change their minds a lot.
0: Lucy Parsons has something to say about 2020 from Where Your Voice by Raina Sultan. Apparently, Where Your Voice is a, quote, digital magazine for and by LGBTQIA and Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, BIPOC, based in the United States. We publish reported articles, features, personal essays, and critical analyses of current events, politics, entertainment, culture, sexuality, health, and more, unquote. And the author claims to be anarcho-feminist, so there's a lot going on here. Unfortunately, there is not as much going on in the actual article, which consists of six quotes from Parsons, along with the author's reactions to said quotes. An example, Parsons, quote, And some did rest their chins upon their clenched hands and swear to help abolish the infamous system that could produce such abject misery. And some did gnash their teeth and howl, swearing dire vengeance against all tyrants, unquote. Raina Sultan, quote, To me, this so perfectly describes the organizers and revolutionaries who are working so hard to dismantle the systems that oppress us. we cannot forget that the uprisings of this summer came after years of organizing and struggling by mostly black people who have been working for liberation for centuries and more recently since Ferguson. The activation of people during this summer's actions has hopefully produced a new group of people who swear to abolish the infamous system, whether that be capitalism, the carceral state, settler colonialism, or all of them, inshallah, unquote. This is pretty illustrative of the piece as a whole, using a lot of not totally unfriendly to anarchists language, but being vague enough so as to not really say much at all. But hey, they're not calling for more diversity in the police force or endorsing Biden for president, so I guess that's something.
1: Another fire in a dark period from Athens India Media. Quote, by supporting the international call of Terra Incognita, who got recently evicted in Thessaloniki, Greece, For an action month in October and the decision to choose ourselves when to act in order to defend Liebig 34, and not to wait until the state's agenda decides when to evict one of our ventures, on the morning of October 6th, we set on fire two vans of Amazon and Berlin Neukölln as a message of solidarity with Liebig 34, Terra Incognita, and other collectives who support their calls, unquote. Support the international call on October 30th and November 1st. A spark
0: from Atake through Act for Freedom Now, a communique on the burning of a diplomat's car in Paris. Quote, the wealthy neighborhoods in Paris are full of cars belonging to foreign diplomats, even if it seems their owners have been more careful for a while now in Ternes, a wealthy neighborhood in the 17th arrondissement in Paris, near the Arc de Triomphe. Cities are full of all kinds of targets. It is up to each of us to make our decisions. It is up to each of us to go on the attack. A thought in solidarity with our comrades in jail or under investigation following Operation Scriptominent in Italy."
1: CCF slash Nemesis Action claims arson from anon This is the whole short communique. Quote, Yogyakarta, Indonesia. We claim the burning of a luxury car in front of the Sinar Mas office last night on Ring Road, Uttara, Yogyakarta. And it's not just solidarity for combatants on the streets against the omnibus law. But because we understand that the Sinar Mas group is responsible for the destruction of rainforests in Indonesia to be converted into the palm oil industry. Solidarity for all combatants throughout Indonesia. Solidarity with Belarus. Solidarity for anarchists in Chile, Greece, Hong Kong, Rojava. Long live the rebellion.
0: Audio and video. Immediatism, three feral fawn essays, 16, 7, and 5 minutes, respectively, from immediatism.com. These are two essays from the Little Black Cart slash Ardent Press booklet, Feral Revolution, Essays and Polemics of Feral Fawn, and one essay from the same book's original UK printing. Here, Feral Appio Wolfie, all names of the same person, lays out their beef with both religion and spirituality, pointing to the religious separation of spirit and matter, the accompanying hierarchy of spirit over matter, as well as the gross mechanistic materialism of secular society as attempts to separate individuals from their wild, erotic essence. Fawn uses a strange-to-me definition of spirituality here, As well as mostly meaning Christianity when they say religion. So, not sure I'm totally sold, but we'll just have to check out the rest of the book.
2: Since
3: Cheryl went feral, everything's weird, and all our friends have disappeared. She shaved her head, and I've grown a beard since Cheryl went feral. Topic of the week Die, bastards, die. Just when you thought things couldn't get any more nauseating, The 2020 spectacle continues to outdo itself with more and more ridiculousness. Just within the past week, we've witnessed some doozies coming from the American political clown show. One particularly impressive example is watching the POTUS getting called out as a Nazi devil by the left, then announcing that he had contracted the coronavirus, which, of course, immediately led to receiving thoughts and prayers from those same leftists. The conversation on social media goes something like this. Young leftists. POTUS got the Rona, haha, I hope he dies. Wise leftist, no, we don't want our enemies to die. We want them to live so we can re-educate them and change their views. Liberal media, sobbing, please God save the POTUS and SLOTUS. Anarchists, delete social media forever. For this week's topic of the week, let's talk about wishing death upon our enemies. Where do you stand on the matter and when does it end? Will the death of all our enemies help us achieve the anarchy we desire to see in the world? Or do you instead prefer that your enemies would simply just come around to your way of seeing things, thinking, being, etc.? Are you sure? Greetings, Anarchy Land. Ariel here. Hope you all are doing well. I have on the line with me my dear friend James. Hi, James.
2: Hi, how you doing?
3: I'm not doing too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm more and more amused at the at the landscape as it oh, progresses I, towards election day that's for sure
2: <clears> infinitely <laughs> amused
3: so james well i guess yes. really there's there's two things right there is the subject yes. of mm-hmm. wishing death upon your enemies mm-hmm. and then there is w- whether or not there is a relationship between that and your politics and your anarchy anarchy and the realization of a world that you desire so i'm just gonna throw that out there and i'm gonna let you pick any part of it it, and say go
2: so the first the first thing i want to mention is that i don't think that it's a it's a binary question whether they die or come around to my way of thinking because i don't think that death is the worst thing that can happen and for me my enemies i don't understand like the article that i was reading i don't understand where other people are getting their definition of enemy from but for me for my enemy i wish worse than death on them like i would rather them suffer than to die because dying it's just done now they're just done now so i would rather them suffer than to die because because they don't you know i don't care if they ever come around to my way of thinking i've already written them off they're my enemies they're, they're not going to come around to my thinking, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I have already accepted the fact that they are not going to get along with me. I had a conversation with a guy, and I said, we, we started the conversation, and I said, listen, we're not going to agree. And he said, why aren't we going to agree? I said, well, you believe in an absolute moral authority, and I don't. <laughs> and then we had the conversation, and he said, around you know, the end, he said, I, you're never going to get me to agree. And I said, "Of course not. I already said that." We start. I, I don't agree with you. Yeah, I already said that to begin with. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. I don't mind, you know. Understand? I don't mind having that conversation. I just knew we were never going to agree on it. So um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if the question is. But, see, the thing is, is that I think the question is sort of um, one of violence. And whether it is violent means uh, is is okay to achieve your goals, right? I mean, like wishing I, I death mean, on my enemies. Okay, been-
3: I understand philosophically the flag that you're trying to plant here, but sure are you are you really actually going to stand on top of the hill of Saying you wish someone would die is an act of violence.
2: Hmm. No. No. Would I hope that would I hope that my enemy did die of a very slow violence? Yes. <laughs> but I don't necessarily think that dying in itself is violence. But I I think that I kind of feel like when we say, you know, um, wishing death on our enemies we are saying we're we're okay with with human life being snuffed out if that's okay yeah i mean uh,
3: mean, in in, you know in theory if we're gonna take the rhetoric seriously that's what we are saying but i think that there's actually also another question here is is that yeah i just i have to go meta so if if, we, if you are actually going to claim that there is uh-huh. meaning in saying that you wish someone would die, inherent uh-huh. in that is that you are saying that words have power. <clears throat> and I recently okay. had an argument about this with someone who uh, I'm very close to because she mm-hmm. is a born-again Christian. And so oh, for her... Okay. Words very much have power because she believes in the power of prayer. And so when you say something, you are putting it out in the world in a way that makes it real and gives it power, and it means that there could be an end that results from it. Now, I think
2: that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's a, that's a foul. That's a slippery slope. I don't... That's not... But... That doesn't track for me. But, It, okay.
3: it does not track for me either. So there yeah. so there's there's that layer there is also right and this is the 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 reason why the leftists both <clears throat> call him out and then give him thoughts and prayers is this notion of civility
2: right and there's is and it there's a notion a of civility to say thoughts and prayers or is it irony well no I, well because it's both i would say it as a joke you know yes but like, like biden isn't saying clear. it as a joke and <laughs> but, but
3: biden isn't saying it as a joke but biden isn't also sure. saying it for the sake of itself biden is saying it to present this sense of civility this it, that he is demonstration of it's not even about being sympathetic it's about when someone's life is on the line, this is how people behave in a civilized society. And of course, he's doing it intentionally in contrast to, you know, how Trump demonstrates that you behave. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but but I'm, I I'm saying that really clearly because I want to juxtapose that to anarchists. Okay. Right. So, if you cannot wish death on your enemies as anarchists, does that mean that we are, without examination, buying the, the requirement of civility from the statists?
2: Uh, first of all, I, I, think that, I think that to even do that, you have to say that, okay, to even do that, that, that would mean that if you can't say it at all, that means that you value all human life equally. And I'm sorry, but I, I just, I mean, like, I don't value Nazi life. I just don't. Like, I, I just don't. I, they're, they're not worth a damn, and I, I don't value their lives like other people, right? Like, that would mean that I value all lives equally, and I don't think that that's true. So if that's what you're saying, I just, I can't, I can't get with that. I, I mean, um, I don't
3: know that that's what I'm saying. I'm just trying, I'm, I'm trying to add more nuance. For sure. To it, it, the statements that are getting tossed around, as if they are easy to toss right. around,
2: and yeah, so, but that's the thing. They are—they're easy to say, right? They're very easy to say. But that's what you're, thats the whole thing we're saying about words. Words are super easy to say. I can say that the sky is green and the moon is made of cheese, and and it's—but that's just words. Like actions are where it's at. So when you say, uh, you know, do you wish enemy your uh, your death on your enemy? i'm not saying it as words i'm saying it as action rather than words does that make sense
3: yeah sort of but that's okay it doesn't have to make that much sense to me
2: <laughs> i'm thinking of the action rather than rather than just saying it like people okay. will say lots of things sure do you know what i mean sure so, so the question is would you like to me the question isn't necessarily would i wish death on my enemy but would I be willing to kill my enemy?
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, so said, I I, so I imagine that for most people, the answer to that is
2: no. But I, just, but, I do but not but also, think that they know what an enemy is.
3: Well, and, but this is actually <laughs> like, you know, in the in the anarchy land, there are lots of schisms and lots of splits and lots of people who don't like other people. And I definitely right. have a problem when people in Anarchy Land disagree with other people, and at the end of that uh-huh. comes statements about how it would just be better if they were dead.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Because
1: I, and I because I agree they,
3: I, with your statement about people don't know what an enemy is, or we are confused, or we have lost track of what matters.
2: Whereas, well, and I also think when they say that, they don't actually mean it would be better if you were dead. I think what they mean is it would be better if you did not exist.
3: Sure. I
2: think that there are
3: words and words get chosen. And these are the words that get chosen. Um, Whereas, and this, this goes back to the question, will the death Mm -hmm. of all our enemies help us achieve the anarchy we desire to see in the world? Well, if you could actually really truly kill all my enemies, well, probably, yeah. because then there wouldn't yeah. be any statist yeah. or capitalists left. Um, yeah.
1: But Avengers. that's yeah. not
3: how. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> there are the people who believe there are their followers. That might be cr- that might create a problem for a couple generations, but more or less over a sure. long enough timeline. Yeah. You know, yeah. I get to win. Um, right. You know, then I have to deal or with their anarchists, and that's a different ide- problem, My but.
2: ideology gets to win, you know? <laughs> Even if I don't win, at least the ideology that I push forward wins. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I agree with you about uh, your enemies com- simply coming around to the- your way of seeing things, and I think that that's actually more true now than it's been in most, in- most of modern history. People are not going to have their minds changed. That's not um, how it
2: works. I, you know, I would like to say that that's that's true, but I. Th- so you know me, I like to argue a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it; it's fun for me. So I, and a lot of people are like, oh, I hate arguing on Facebook because it's so you know there's no point. And I'm, and I think to myself, but there is a point. There's just people that have, you know, written me and said, "Hey, I read your posts." And it changed my mind about things, and I've, I've changed a, a few people's minds about things on even on Facebook, as long as it you know remains civil, and I don't have to like yeah. start going off about about how they're a bad mother, and then they quit Facebook. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. I was just like, "You're a bad mom," and then oh, then she quit Facebook. So, that's, a, that's, um, a, that's some sort of victory though. Uh well I considered it <laughs> an absolute victory because I, I, I was the only one did. left. <laughs> yeah. I got 20, 20 internet points for that one. So I um yeah, I, I think that you can change people's minds. It's just that it, it the question is though is, is it worth it to change those people's minds? Everyone's mind? I just don't. Like I I usually ask a question that that will that will make the choice for me as to whether it will be a serious conversation uh, that I will have with the person or if I'm just going to just not take it seriously at all. If, there, if there's someone who has certain beliefs, I, I just can't take it seriously anymore. And that's it. Like there was a guy who, uh, a friend of mine put a meme up and said, you know, punching Nazis is awesome. And I agree with that. And then a guy comes on and says, oh, that's terrible. And I said, wait, wait, what? And then I found out that it was because his grandfather was an SS. And I said, you know, age isn't a shield. Fuck you and your grandpa. And um, so, like, right there, I found out why he was doing it and immediately disregarded the conversations, anything close to serious. Um, That really happened, and it was the most bizarre thing I've ever had to deal with. (laughs) But not the most bizarre, but one of them. Like, how many times is that going to happen to you? You go, wait a second, wait, what? Don't punch off uh, Your grandpa wasn't... An, and then he told me the whole story, and the whole story was even worse, because he's like, oh, yeah, he defected. I said, when did he defect? He said, at the end of the war. I said, that's not defection. That's fleeing. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe you've lost at that point, so... Yeah, <laughs> but oh no but then someone came on and started saying oh you know that's not i don't think that's right either but there's so many people that say that violence is not the answer you know and i'm like sometimes the answer like sometimes it is i mean
3: could you could you wish death upon someone you know in a in a natural or accidental way sure is that still violence is that
2: um I'm just, I'm just being. I, don't think, so. here. I don't, don't think so. I don't think that's still care. violence. I think that's a. I, I, I don't think that's violence, but I think that that is a violent thought. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's committing violence, but I think that would be a violent thought. But I, again, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with that idea. So wishing death on our enemies, I mean. Again, that's just words. It's the true. Things, thoughts and
3: but I, but they're, and but, I put, uh, but they're good words, right? I mean, my enemies are people who yeah. have absolutely no regard for the lives of anyone or the well-being it, of anyone not, other than the people, you know, that they care about that, you know, like whatever, their family and their the immediate people around them. And yet they're in positions of power where too. it's their job to care. And they don't. Right. And so, you know what? When you have the power to Subjugate and deprive and deny and oppress other people,
2: and that's what you use it to do. Fuck you. That's, but that, and that's the and that's the thing too. Though. That's 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 one of the things that we have to have to understand as well. Is is the, the defining of what you know what it takes to become an enemy in the first right. place. Yeah. No. You know. De- so yeah, definitely agree. About so those. yeah. So like, I mean, I personally don't have a lot of enemies that are still among. The living so um, or at least at the very bare minimum last I heard it was worse than death so I'm, I'm cool with that uh, so I, I think that it's important though to to understand that those people that did you consider enemies are people that aren't aren't worth they're breathing my air they're a waste of skin as far as I'm concerned they mm-hmm. they don't they don't deserve the life that they've been given nor do they deserve to you know uh, no just at all so the the defining of it because it's so easy to say oh that guy's my enemy but is he truly your enemy is it someone you know and have reason to 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 make them your enemy because you kind there has to be a little bit of hate there mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i mean it, yeah. hate is hate is a strong word but that's the word that you have to have if it's your enemy so so,
3: like, so we're saying we seem to be in agreement we're saying strong better definitions of an enemy
2: i think Um, a better definition of an enemy is important yes yes and 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 that we and and that people do not understand what an enemy is because and i think that there's a lot of people that have not been in a position to have a real enemy
3: i also think that that's true because I think that people, like, I think that your average normal person is more conflict avoidant than not. And they are not yes. actually willing to engage enough to reach a point where you decide that that person is your enemy. Right. Uh, and so it isn't, so the average person, it's actually not even a part of their lexicon. And mostly their understanding of who is an enemy or is not an enemy is defined for them by the state and its police apparatus.
2: Well, and, and also, there, see, when I think that when they say enemy, they mean adversary, someone who is against me, right? Because someone who doesn't agree with me is not my enemy, not necessarily. It's at a certain point, they reach a certain point where we disagree, you know, where they disregard for, for certain things, uh, you know, um, and can make those things happen. But I, that's, that's a bad person, and mm-hmm. that's my enemy. He does not deserve breath. So that's.
3: But just I because someone's a bad too. person doesn't mean that they're your enemy. Right. And just because you don't like someone right. doesn't mean that they're your enemy. So there's, again, there's right. there is nuance happening here. So, again, yes, better definitions of enemy.
2: Yeah, awesome. I, I, I know this guy, and I, I do not like him every time he comes around. I do not like him. Um, he asked me once at a party why I didn't like him, but I, and I explained to him one time we were playing Guitar Hero, and you he laughed at me. And I got really, really bad, and so that's why I don't like you, I mean, that's one, and everyone laughed, and it was very funny, but I was not laughing uh, <laughs> but even that guy's not my enemy, I just don't like him right he's just not a person I want to be around right. now, if he would have turned around and uh you know I could think of any number of ways he could become my enemy, you know if he would have if he would have wronged one of my loved ones in a way that sure. i I found unacceptable but that's, but that's, then that would be a whole different thing yeah 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 exactly you yeah. cannot like somebody you cannot like what they say you cannot like what they do but at a certain point if they go too far that's when they become an enemy and i also think there's a difference between like the enemy like to everyone that i care about and an enemy a personal enemy if that makes
3: sense. It does, but I actually think that that's an entirely different episode. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, James, for your, yeah, no and your time. It's always fun to talk to you. Thanks, for Anarchy sure. Land. Uh, be careful out there. The world seems to be angrier and angrier at us every day. Uh, so watch your backs and stay angry. And until next time, bye, Anarchy Land.
2: Bye!
1: This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written and read by Chish and Greg. And we thank Ariel and a friend for the help with the topic (laughs) of the week, which is people dying. Which is Die Bastards Die.
0: To learn more, anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material are available at littleblackheart.com. For news by and/or about anarchists and up to minute commentary, see you at anarchistnews.org and/or the Anarchist News IRC chat room linked on a news and/or Pluroma.
1: Pluroma. Pluroma.
0: Anti-social. Put the dots in the right place.